This has been a special day for me that we have been looking forward to for a long time. And I just, I just want to reiterate, thank you so much. Um, we have been watching God do miracles and perform miracles. Those of you that know my story a little bit knew that I didn't really want to be a preacher. Um, I didn't want to get up and do this every week. And um, God has been so good to me. And I love that we get to be one of the things this church dreamed of a long time ago is being a multiplying church, not just an addition church. And I remember early on when God gave Keith his vision of saying, we will be marked, a healthy church will be marked by a sending church. And watching God live that out and see that vision become true. I didn't realize it was me. Um, I, I enjoyed coaching other church planners and being a part of that journey, but um, when God started calling me, I'm like, whoa, 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 I think, God, you got this wrong. Um, I enjoy being behind, be behind, being behind the scenes. But what God didn't tell me is how many emails that man got. Um, and man, the attacks come out and the weight that Pastor Keith carries. Um, I just want to remind everybody here today, um, send all your emails to Tony, okay? Um, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, Sorry, Tony. Uh, but uh, I, just, I just love how God knew what I needed to learn. But one of the things I just want to stop and just honor, it's one thing to talk about being a sending church. It's another thing to live that out. And your pastor and a brother to me has been there in the highs and lows. I have not done everything right. I have learned by making a mess of things. And your pastor, Keith, brother in Christ for me has literally his integrity, his character. He lives it out way outside of the stage. And I just want to stop and honor you, Keith. And I say, I want to say thank you for loving well and supporting. I appreciate you. I love you. He paid me to say that. So I, um, glad I got that out of the way. Don't get too big of a head. All right. Can we just pray? God, I just thank you for what you're doing. We just want to be about your kingdom and your work. And God, a lot of times we get in the way of that. I know I have many times. But God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And it works through people who say, God, I'm going to let go and I'm going to trust you. So God, as I speak today, I just ask that what you've challenged me with and something that I have been learning and continuing to grow in and still have a lot to learn in. God, I just pray that you will, any words that come from Brian and my flesh, I just pray that you will let it land on deaf ears. But God, if it's from you and your voice, I just ask that your kingdom will enter this room and enter those watching online. And God, that you will speak in a way that only you can and you will move. Today's could be somebody's moment, God. And you know the hearts that are in this place. You know the stories that are represented. And I'm asking that you will do what only you can do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As many of you know, um, through just kind of what we've shared a little bit and highlighted, we've lived in times of uncertainty. There's been a lot of uncertain moments that have risen up in all of us. Anybody here? Just can I get an amen? It's like, okay. A lot of uncertainty in our world with what's going to happen in Afghanistan, what's going to happen in our neighborhoods, what's going to happen in our schools, what's going to happen in our family. And we've seen fear of sickness and fear of being controlled and fear of all of these things rise up inside of us. 
And in uncertainty, here's one thing that we know for sure. We have no idea what the future holds. Or do we? We have moments in uncertainty where we're like, God, what are you doing? And we want to control the narrative and we want to control what is ahead. And in uncertain moments, we try to figure out the future. And God says, I want you to just rest. And what I want to challenge you with today is something that I personally have, tried, have experienced, but I believe that today in our society, in our world, we are living in a state of a lot of uncertainty. All of us control freaks are like trying to figure it out and we're trying to speak to the things that we want to control. And all of us that experience anxiety and those emotions and, and the fear that rises up and all of that so often will attack us. And what do we do? What do we do in those moments when the flesh rises up and, and we see the battles take place in our uncertainty? I can't help but think how God so many times was like, this guy's going to plant a church in 2020. This is going to be fun. Watch this. I believe God's got a fun personality. And I believe as he's sitting there watching what's happening is like how many pastors and how many business owners and how many schools and everything was set in their vision for 2020. And we've got all of these grand adventures and things that we're believing God's calling us to and God's going, they don't have a clue. And then all of a sudden in one moment, things turn upside down and and we see uncertainty plague our society and our culture. And we watch fear rise to the surface. And the one key truth that kept coming back is none of us know the future. And here's what I know that I have personally learned, and maybe you've experienced this too, is that what's on our playlist matters. It's really easy, these are my old junky headphones here but um, that are falling apart that I'm just too cheap to buy my own new ones. And it's really easy to put our headphones in, pull our phones out, and begin listening to our playlist. And it can look like this. Oh, what does Fox News have to say today? It was like, oh, tragedy, heartache, brokenness. Oh man, this is so exciting, I'm so encouraged. Oh, another news, uh, let me go see what the other news people are saying. Oh, wow, surprise, fear, uncertainty, what's going to happen? Oh, another pastor falls and fails. And what makes news for us is something that all of a sudden we began to celebrate. And we began to celebrate destruction, chaos. And guess where our focus is? Or we go over here to this other app and we click on it and he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got, come on, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands. All right. Those of you that are musicians are like, dude, you're so out of rhythm. And yeah, it's true. I do not have rhythm. What's on our playlist matters. What we listen to and, and what begins to circle in our minds when we're feeling moments of uncertainty 
makes a difference. And I want to challenge you with a scripture today in Psalm 139 as Keith reached out to me and said, Brian, I want you to come share. And this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. This is a chapter that I go to often. I had the privilege to go over to Israel a few years ago. And many of David's writings and things that he did were in caves where he felt all alone. And we don't know for sure. Um, it would be a stretch and stretching the scripture, so I don't want to do that. But it, it would, it, many moments we saw David writing. And in this particular passage, I can't help but think about that visual as he's writing this. But it's very clear as David is writing that he is expressing something that he's feeling. He's expressing moments of uncertainty. He's expressing moments of loneliness. He's expressing of God, where are you? What is taking place? And so today my hope is to help us understand what do we do in moments of uncertainty? What do we have on our playlist? Psalm 139, starting in verse one says this, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty for me to attain. And as I was reading this and studying this again and preparing for today, something that God stood out to me is when uncertain, we need to trust that God is enough. One of the greatest battles that we experience as believers and followers, and maybe you're here today in, in the congregation or online, and, and one of those things is, I don't know if I can trust God. I don't know if God is enough for my circumstance. Brian, you have no idea what I'm going through. And you're right, I don't know everybody's story in the room or online. But what I know is that so often in my moments of uncertainty and fear and God, which way should we turn and what's right and what's wrong, in those moments, God has had to bring me back so often of saying, I'm enough. Brian, I'm enough. And I'm like, yeah, but God, you don't understand. And he's like, no, I'm enough. Yeah. And sometimes in our moments of uncertainty, God wants to do his greatest work. You see, experience is a friend of wisdom, but, if, but it can be the enemy of faith. We can have all the experience in the world. And I've planted churches before, and I've seen what God's done, and all the experience, and God goes, yeah, but watch this. And in a moment of uncertainty, my experience and what I thought was wisdom can all of a sudden become the enemy of what I'm trying to place my faith in. And sometimes we're so experienced that we're afraid of everything. And sometimes in those moments when God is trying to do his greatest work, Satan is the loudest in those moments. One of the things that has come to my mind often as I've thought about the scripture in Philippians 4.8, where it says, whatsoever things are true, lovely, and of good report, think on these things. And oftentimes we quote that part of the verse and we stop. And I may get it out of context a little bit here. I mean, out of, I might not quote it exactly right, but then the verse goes on to say, whoever applies these things experiences the peace of God. 
And God hit me one day with this saying, are you experiencing my peace? Are you trying to figure things out on your own? Or are you, Brian, are you really trusting me for everything? I've seen him work. God, I trust you. I know you've worked before. You're going to work again. And faith is being able to move in those moments of uncertainty when you have no idea what the future holds. Psalm 139, one through six, look at verse seven now. Where can I go from your presence, from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I highlighted that. I encourage you to highlight that. Do you believe that? Will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, God. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And as I read this, God wants to remind us in our uncertainty, you are not alone. You're not alone. How often in those moments when you're pushed out into the wilderness journey that you might be on, do you feel alone? I was reminded of the scripture when Jesus was baptized. In that moment of Jesus being baptized, he had done no ministry and no work up to that point. He had been a student. He had been learning. He had been walking. And as he's baptized, the spirit of God comes on him and he comes up out of the water and God says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And what's the very next thing that happens? It says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. I used to read that verse and say like Satan drove him into the wilderness and all of a sudden it hit me this past year. I was like, no, that's not what it says. It says the spirit drove him into the wilderness. I genuinely believe there are times that God drives us into our wilderness to do his greatest work. When God doesn't seem like God's at work, he's doing his greatest work. And it's in those moments where the spirit drives us into the wilderness and you're like, where are you, God? God, I believe you're enough, but I need you to show up and I feel all alone and I cannot tell you how many times the loneliness kicked in. I don't know if you guys know it, but you guys were like family to me. You are family to me. And all of these things were happening and all of a sudden, CUNA doesn't seem very far away, but I might as well moved across the country. And guess what Satan attacks me with in the moment of dryness, in the moment of wilderness journey, Satan attacks me with going, you're all alone. Where are your friends? Where are the people you thought had your back? Where'd they go? And so often there was this, when emotions are high, wisdom's low, right? And, and there was this moment of emotions going, whoa, God, what? I did not prepare for, I did not see this coming. And God goes, I'm here. And we watch Jesus do this as he's in the wilderness and Satan's tempting him and, and Jesus brings back to what? He comes back to go, no, I'm not alone. The word of God says this, the word of God says this, the word of God says this, and he begins to quote what was deep within. And he embraced that he was not alone. 
The scripture says, he will hold me fast. Verse 13, for you created my inmost being. You you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I just wonder today, how many of you really believe that? How much shame or guilt or criticism do you put on yourself? God, am I really wonderfully made? Yeah, but I'm not good at this. Yeah, but they've got so much more talent. Yeah, but this, yeah, but God, you don't, yeah, but they don't know my past. You you can't, and, and we try to clean ourselves up and we try to make ourselves better and, and we, we work harder and God's saying, you are, your works are wonderful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. And here's what I highlighted. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. And God stopped me and said, I've ordained this moment. What you're experiencing in uncertainty, Brian, I've ordained this moment. Yeah, but God, are you sure? Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted. And he says, he ordained for me were written, all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And God said, when uncertain, embrace your design. Brian, I've created you this way. I know you don't think you can preach. I know you think you're, you're worried about having all the theology understanding and the ability to um, explain everything. And what I've learned is that I just need to point to people that understand it all. That's what I've learned. That's what God stopped me over the whole last year is like, yeah, you want to wrestle with that? Yeah, you want to argue with that? Here, I got a great guy who loves, who loves that kind of stuff. No, God stopped me and said, no, I want you to dig. I've got more work for you to do, Brian. I don't, I don't want you to have it all figured out right now. I just want you to listen to me. And what Jesus taught me is he's like, he wants me to understand that I am designed the way I'm supposed to be. Some people may get annoyed by it. Trust me, my wife reminds me of it often. (laughs) She still loves me well. You are created perfect. And when God modeled this and exampled this and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased I think he's reminding us of, don't forget the very first words God says to us is you are my son, you are my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. And we need to embrace that. And we need to be content to say, okay, God, use it how you want to. The songs we just sang talked about that. God, how do I just live out my design and what this looks like? see, Satan loves to accuse. And anytime shame and guilt and 
criticism and all of that begins to hit your spirit and hit your mind and attack you and saying, oh, you blew it here. Oh, you should feel guilty for what you once were. And Satan begins to attack. What you need to remember is anytime there's accusations, it never comes from God. It always comes from Satan. God only pursues you. Satan attacks you. So in that moment, we stop and go, okay, God, I'm going to embrace my design. You created me. You know it all too well. Powerful words. Let's read on. Verse 17 through 22 says this, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. You ever felt that way? (laughs) Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and arbor those who are in rebellion against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them my enemies. Listen, when you're uncertain, express your uncertainty. God wants you to be able to express. We, we live in a society that is constantly glorifying. You, oh, everything's got to be okay. You got to make everything look okay when you're miserable. I had people coming up to me all the time and they're like, Brian, how are you doing? And I'm like, great. Oh, I hate what I'm doing. And there was this wrestling inside me of, God, I can't express that I don't want to be a pastor. I can't express that I really don't want to plant a church right now. God, that's why am I saying that and battling these emotions inside my head? And, and all of a sudden I began to just say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just express that that's how I'm feeling right now. And all of a sudden when I began to express of saying, God, I don't, I don't have it figured out. And I began to express to my team of guys right now, I need you to hold my arms up. I am, I am not wanting to do this. I have no desire to be in the keep getting the emails of everybody else's opinions on what we should do. Yeah, brand new church planner. I had people reaching out to me across the Treasure Valley. I had no idea who they are. Why are you guys wearing masks in the high school? Seriously? And all of a sudden, all of these uncertainty and, and outside voices began to speak in and God says, stop, listen. And I'll never forget in that moment God telling me is saying, you've got to do what I've called you to do. Our team circles up and gets together and says, we're not about our Sunday gathering. We're about reaching out. Nothing against Sunday gatherings. Obviously I'm here, okay? But we are, we are not going to let, Satan does not own this community, God does. And my team came together and said, we are going to embrace who we're called to do and we're going to engage in the community and we're going to provide hope because that's what Jesus does. We came back to that. We came back to that. And all of a sudden, I watched the kingdom of God just open up. Listen, every pastor in this valley had to make decisions for their congregation. Every business owner has to make decisions on their business. We got to stop shaming and guilting because that is the voice of Satan. 
and we've got to embrace who we are as the body of Christ. And as I watched people here and there say, hey, we're with you, we're, we're cheering you on, I know you're making tough decisions, and watching that, and all of a sudden the pastors start coming together and we start working together, and the kingdom all of a sudden got so much bigger, and the kingdom of God took off. And in moments of uncertainty, God was doing his greatest work. So I watched this, and as I experienced this, I was like, God, I didn't sign up for all of this. Keith didn't tell me that this is the weight I was going to carry, and Keith's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I tell people all the time I'd be so much better executive pastor now. I had it all figured out when I was an executive pastor, and I went and planted a church, and now I don't know nothing. Moments of uncertainty. God wants to do his greatest work and we need to express our uncertainty and humble ourselves and go, you know what, I'm blowing it here. I don't know what I'm doing. I am uncertain. I don't understand. I want the naysayers to get out of my life. That's all I know, God. And once again, God comes back and goes, I'm with you. I'm with you close. I haven't gone anywhere. I see you. I hear you. Thank you for relationship. We talk a lot about in the church, a relationship with Jesus, but we very quickly forget about, we are about a partnership with what God is already doing. It's relationship with Jesus, which is great. I say that all the time too, but, but, but we need to understand what covenant relationship means. We are partnering with what God is already doing. I, I tell our team all the time, prayer is partnering with what God is already doing. We just need to align ourselves with his kingdom work. And it's an opportunity to do that. It takes years to build trust with people. It takes a moment to lose it. And in those moments of losing it, a lot of times we can allow the conflict to divide us instead of us coming and sitting down at the table and saying, you know what? We're about the kingdom business. Let's set our differences aside. Jesus died. He rose again. I once was dead. I'm a new man. And we need to come back in alignment with what he is doing and not let our uncertainty destroy us. But then I love what David does next. In verse 23, he says, search me, God. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. What does God want to do in your moment of uncertainty right now? What does God want to say the loudest? We're going to have more moments of uncertainty. We're going to have more moments of, God, are you, are, I want to be in line with you and I, I have these plans, but God, what are you saying for me? Search me, God. Know my heart. You know my desires. You know what you've called me to. But I don't like the next part. Test me. Uh, I'm going to skip that part. And know my anxious thoughts. But see if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And what I notice as I read those two verses is when uncertain, we need to surrender to his way. 
It's surrender. You know the difference between surrender? Whether you're surrendered or not? For me, it's about 18 inches. And in those moments of uncertainty of saying, God, I can't do this on my own. God, I believe you are enough. Even though my spirit is wrestling with that. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I, I don't know what's going on. I don't understand this. He is enough. You are not alone. You are created perfect. He sees your hurt and your uncertainty. And he says, let me show you my ways. Best way I know how to illustrate this is about three months ago, I go to Latte Da and Cuna all the time. That's my office. If you ever want to come visit me in my office, just show up. I was in there sitting around one of the tables in Latte Da, drinking a cup of coffee, and I had a meeting that took place, and I was studying. And I got done with a meeting, and the owner, she's a believer, her name's Sherry. She's basically given us full reign of her coffee shop, and we have a lot of our leadership meetings there. She said, Brian, I've got somebody that wants to talk to you. Do you have time? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's chat. She brings a 19-year-old Kylie over to me and sits down in front of me. Graduate of CUNA High School, Kylie walks in and Kylie sits down and just begins to weep and say, Brian, I, I don't know what my life has to hold. I'm lost. I don't know my design. I don't know what, how he's created. I'm, but, but not only, my life is falling apart. I have made a mess of it. And she begins to share her story of shame and guilt and uncertainty and overwhelmed feelings of where is God in my life? And I let her talk and she got done and I said, Kylie, I don't know if this is of God, but I just feel like I need to remind you of something. God's not a God of shame. God's a God of hope. Kylie, what I feel like you need to remember is that when Jesus was baptized and he was risen up out of the water, the spirit of God came on him and the very first words God said to his son is, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. He knows you, he created you and I took her to this passage of scripture. And I said, what you need to remember today is that He's made you perfect. He's made you exactly the way you need to be. You're the superstar on the soccer team, but Kylie, that doesn't define you. And in that moment, Kylie began to just weep. And I said, Kylie, do you want to receive that kind of faith and trust? Do you, do you want to acknowledge that before God? And do you want to surrender your life? She's like, Brian, I do, I just don't under, and she kept wrestling with this uncertainty of, of being unworthy and took her to John 10, 10. He's given you life that you may have it abundantly. And she's like, I want that. Where do I start? And Kylie recommitted her life to Christ right there at that coffee table. I wanna show you a picture of the very first Sunday after that. This picture, when you see this person being baptized, it's easy to look at who's being baptized. But I wanna draw your attention to Kylie, who's standing in the background her very first Sunday. 
And Kylie's standing there watching this happen and Kylie's weeping. And she's watching somebody as a symbolic act of saying, I, I have surrendered my life to Christ and I am alive in him. There is new life beginning. When I got done baptizing this man, I walked straight over to Kylie because I saw what God was doing in her. And I said, Kylie, you want to get baptized? And she's like, I do, but I want to understand it first. So following week, she came, I would go to the coffee shop and she walks in and she walks over, she's making coffee and she comes over to me real quick and she says, she's like, I don't know where to start. Where do I start? And I said, listen, I don't want you listening to anybody outside. Don't, don't listen to anybody but Jesus. I want you right now to just embrace the word of God and say, I want to know Jesus and let him change you from the inside out. Took her to some devotionals and scripture passages of, on what it means to be a new Christian and what it means to walk with God and what it means to, to follow in the ways of Jesus. And Kylie begins to dig and that first Sunday, she was sitting down by my wife on the front seat and my wife told me later, she leaned over to her and she's like, I have, she'd never, we had given her a Bible that morning and she opened it up and she's like, I have no idea where to even turn. Can you help me find this in the scripture? And I watch Kylie as she continues to search the word and find it and learn and grow. This last week, we had the opportunity to baptize Kylie. The next picture here that you see is us baptizing Kylie down at the Indian Creek in Cuna and watching tears streaming down her eyes, her coming up out of the water of so much joy of saying, I'm beginning a new journey. I'm on a new walk, but there's all kinds of uncertainty in my life. But I'm gonna trust him that he knows what he's doing. And he's got a better plan for my life. And this coming month, we're getting ready to, to connect Kylie into our discipleship groups. Guys, we, we baptized 10%, almost 10% of our congregation last week. God is doing what only he can do. As we watch 12 different members come in and be baptized and come out and watching them step into a place of discipleship, we watch the Spirit of God do what only he can do. Is it because of me? Nope. It's because of the kingdom of God at work. I could take you back to say, no, it's because of Lowell Foster who planted a church in 1976. I could take you back to say, no, it, it was a Keith Wagner that entrusted me. And watching one person after one person after one person after one person say, go be what God's called you to be. But in all of that, watching God do what only God can do and the Spirit of God descending down on His work. And through the messiness of my leadership and all of our leadership, watching God and the kingdom of God navigate things just the way He wants it. So here's my challenge to you today. In the moment of uncertainty, what is on your playlist? In the moment of uncertainty, what are you going to listen to? Because God wants to do his greatest work right now. And how will you obey him?
I have no doubt in my life that I may be talking to somebody here today who's the next Grace Bible Church planter. Yeah, but everything's so good here. Trust me, I felt that. Maybe I, I have no doubt today I'm talking to somebody who's feeling uncertain in your business and God's challenging you to be a businessman or woman who is living God outside of this building. And you are going to be able to bring a Kylie into a place of worship to God and saying, I need Jesus because we are the church and it's his kingdom work. God, I just thank you so much for what you are doing. I thank you so much that, God, I get to be a part of watching your story. And I, I, I just get to be on the wave of your work. Father God, I thank you so much for this church. And I thank you so much for my friends and my family and everything that we have. But God, help us to never underestimate the power of you. God, help us to never get so consumed that we forget to contribute. God, help us to never get so focused on fear that we forget to provide hope. God, I love what you're doing and we wanna be about your work and your business. Somebody here maybe say, yeah, but Brian, I'm not feeling good. I've got a lot of sickness going on or a lot of destruction in my family, a lot of loss or whatever. I just wanna remind you, you're not alone. God is enough. And just surrender to him right now. Holy Spirit, you are in this place. Help us to live with open hands to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.